What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, man, welcome. Glad to have you here spending time with me on this beautiful Monday. If it's not your first time listening, welcome back. Really appreciate the continued support. And I wanted to start off with that because the podcast audience for this show has doubled in the last week and a half, okay? And that's only possible because of you guys listening, the people who continue to listen, the people who share the podcast. Um, I can't explain to you how much it means to me uh, to see that this audience uh, is enjoying, I guess, what I'm making and then also uh, that this podcast is starting to, you know, lift off and take off. Uh, this was th- this podcast was always something I wanted to do. It's something I started myself. I run it myself. I edit myself. I created the uh, the theme song myself. Everything you hear and see about the Finn Sports Football Podcasts is, was my original vision and something that I do by myself. So I just wanted to say, like, uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all those listening right now. Um, and if you want to continue to support the podcast. You know, I have no Patreon. I don't have anything like that. Like just very simply, when you listen to a podcast like this and when I post the episode up on Spotify or wherever you listen to it, if you follow me on Twitter, like just go on Twitter and I would I would really love if you just gave it a retweet just to get this podcast out there, get more people listening to it. That would mean the world to me. Uh, But just the support that I've been getting uh, here lately has been incredible. You guys are awesome. And I hope to continue, uh, with the good content, um, you know, from, from here on out, uh, hopefully that's always been the case, but from here on out, you know, just, just hoping that we can continue this, this role that we're on. So for today's episode of the podcast, this is a, uh, a topic that I've wanted to talk about for about a week and a half now. However, um, I had a reason on the podcast. If you haven't listened to that, definitely go check that out. Phenomenal conversation with him. Um, and then stuff with Xavier Howard came out about teams being interested in him and all that good stuff. And that's something that I alluded to a while ago. I said I would not be shocked and I, I expect him to be traded and I would expect it to be before training camp starts. That would just make sense to me. However, regardless, like I was like, he's, he's probably going to get traded. Um, so I had to do those two podcasts before I did this. And it's a shame because what I'm going to talk about today is top things you should look for in training camp or, or you should look forward to for training camp. And it's something that a lot of YouTubers have talked about already. So hopefully I'm not being a dead horse here. Uh, you know, hopefully I, I give you guys some new information, new perspective, new opinion, uh, and this is a podcast episode that you guys will enjoy. So let's start off with the first thing you should be hoping for in training camp. And ironically, the first thing I want to talk about is something you should not hope for, and that is injuries. Um, every year, whether it's the Dolphins, whether it's any team in the NFL, there's always those couple of injuries that either last the whole entire season, right? Like ACL tears, or you have those injuries that start like lingering on throughout the season and just get worse and worse as it goes along. Hopefully this team does not deal with a lot of injuries this year in camp. 
Um, because to me, I just think that like training camp injuries are the worst, right? That you have yet to see this guy play on the field on Sundays. And while he's trying to practice and get better, unfortunately they get injured and they're either out for the season or that injury then plagues them for the rest of the season. Um, now this team, I will say this, they have better depth in most positions than they have in many years. Uh, like you look across the board they have a lot of good depth at a lot of places that are really important that we need it. Um, specifically like wide receiver. Wide receiver, we'll talk about them in a little. But we have so much depth at wide receiver. So if we do have injuries in camp, we should be able to overcome them to a certain extent. However, you, I, I just hope that something I don't see a lot of in training camp is injuries. If there's going to be injuries, I hope they're limited. I hope they're small. Um, I don't want to see any like ACL tears or, you know, Achilles tears or anything like that. Like I don't want any season ending injuries or stuff that's going to make people miss games in the regular season. Next up on the list, uh, let's just, let's just, you know, address the elephant in the room, Xavier Howard. Like I just, I'm curious to see uh, things I'm looking for. For in training camp is like what happens with X is he traded by the time training camp starts which is what I think will probably happen um is he there because if if he isn't traded he's going to get fined 50 grand a day if he doesn't show up which over the course of training camp that's about a you know $750,000 will he not show up if he's not traded probably not he'll come I would expect him to so, like, I'm just curious to see how that progresses out. I know that's a cop-out because we've talked a lot about X. It's obvious we're all going to be looking for that. But that's probably the biggest development that's going to happen within the next couple of months. Between now and the season is, like, what happens with Xavier Howard, who is the Dolphins' best player. So that's something I'm definitely looking uh, looking to, to see what how that develops in the next coming weeks and months. Next up, Tua. Okay, that's that, that's a loaded thing to look for in training camp as your quarterback. Here, here's what I'm looking for in Tua. Okay, number one, I know some people out there overreacted to Tua throwing five interceptions in a June OTA during a monsoon. I wasn't one of those people, uh, and you'll never see me be one of those people. Um, I want to see Tua remain aggressive. Okay, the number one critique I had for him last year was that, in my opinion, he wasn't aggressive enough. Now, a lot of that I'll, I'll I could put on the hip. A lot of that I could just put on the fact that he's a rookie. Okay, and that's going to happen. Is that I would rather my rookie not be aggressive because they don't understand coverages in the NFL enough. So if they are aggressive, usually it results in a lot of turnovers. Okay, so between the injury and just him, his own fault of being a rookie, which it happens to everyone, I thought he wasn't aggressive enough last year. And I talked about this on the podcast. If you go back and look at the two games where he was benched against Denver and against the Las Vegas Raiders, in neither of those games was Tua Tungvaluwa playing bad. He had no interceptions, pretty good completion percentage. It's just he was playing very conservative. I think in both of those games, he had under 100 yards passing through the first like three quarters. That's just playing conservative. It's not playing bad. 
And I think that's going to be the number one thing that I look for throughout the whole entire season for Tua. And especially in training camp, like, look, we got to get this thought out of our heads that players aren't allowed to mess up in training camp and in practice. Because if they're not allowed to mess up there, where are they allowed to mess up? Because I sure as hell don't want my quarterback messing up during the regular season, right? I don't want Nathan Peterman. I'd rather Tua throw five interceptions during OTAs or mini camp or training camp than him throw five interceptions against the Buffalo Bills week two, okay? So while I don't want it to be a consistent thing that happens every week, we need to like give quarterbacks in general, not just two, I don't care what team it is, but let's just stop like judging these quarterbacks based off of failing in practice, right? So if Tua goes out there and has a couple of bad days in training camp, let's not freak out right let's let's remain level-headed and calm and understand that the main reason he throws those interceptions is because he's trying to fix the number one critique most people who watched him last year have which is just be more aggressive take more chances if you throw an interception that's fine cuz now you learn from it dan orlowski said this perfectly on espn if tua has say a 40-yard crossing route If he doesn't take that chance in practice, when it comes time for the regular season, two possibilities are going to happen. One, he's going to take the chance, and if it does get intercepted like it would in practice, now it counts, okay, which you don't want. Or two, which is what we saw last year, he just won't take the chance because he doesn't know if he can make it or not. I don't want to see that from Tua. I want to see Tua go into the season saying, I know exactly what I am able to do, what throws I'm able to make, and what throws I'm not able to make. If you go listen to Aaron Rodgers, I'll never forget when I listened to Aaron Rodgers talk about this on the Pat McAfee show, and he talked about throwing interceptions in practice, and he said, uh, and I'm just paraphrasing here from what I remember, I need to learn what I can get and what I can't get away with, right? And if I don't do it in practice, I'm never going to know. So I'm probably not going to take that chance in the game or it's going to get intercepted. I need to learn what I can and can't get away with in practice so that when it comes to game time situation, I know what I need to do to make the play work. So I hope to see that from Tua um, right off the gate. Like I hope to see him remain aggressive. Obviously, yeah, you don't want your quarterback to throw five interceptions every practice. But if He has a couple of bad practices sprinkled in where he's trying to be aggressive and a couple of passes get picked. Okay, so be it. Move on. He's trying to be aggressive, you know, and and I'd rather that happen than him try to be perfect in practice. And then the season comes and it's just same old conservative Tua that we saw last year that was my only critique of him. Yeah, so... That's what I really hope to see from Tua. I'm excited to see his chemistry with the wide receivers. I'm excited to see how he executes the offense. And more importantly, leading into my next thing I'm looking forward to in training camp, I'm curious to see what he does during the practices versus the other teams. Okay, I am super, super excited for the Dolphins practices against the Bears and the Falcons. The reason for this is is, is simple. You'll get the best play in practice out of your players when they're not going against the same team day in and day out. 
And this is something that Cam Wake um, used to do. This is something that players have, you hear them talk about it all the time when they retire. When you play against the same players every single day, you don't really go that hard. It's a mutual consensus like, we're going to practice, but I'm not going to try to make a fool of you and you're not going to try to make a fool of me. So when you're practicing against the same team, you know the cadences if you're the defense. You know the snap count, okay? If you're the offense, you same, same thing. You know so much about the other team that you're not really getting the most out of practice as when you practice against other teams, okay? Not only that, I'm super excited when we when we practice against the Falcons. Why? Because we play them in the regular season. So I am super excited to see us practice against them, have preseason against them, and then see us play them when it comes time for the regular season. Um, I like when it comes time to practice other teams. I want to see what two is like, especially against the Bears, who I think have a top ten defense. Let's see. Let's see what you can do. I want to see what our offensive line looks like against their defensive line. I want to see the pressure that we're able to create when we play other teams and we're actually trying to win every single rep. That That's, that's something that I'm super excited for. And I personally think the best practices, even more valuable than, than preseason, the best practice that any team can ever get is when you play another team during practice, right? These joint practices are gold. And, and and hats off to Brian Flores and his coaching staff for agreeing with the Bears and the Falcons to have those joint practices because I think they are going to pay large dividends for this team um, during the regular season. Next up, let's talk about the offense and defense, okay? Each one... Is, is technically something we should be looking forward to, but I'm just going to talk about both of them. And just the thing I'm looking forward to is I want to see the schemes. I want to see what's different from last year. I want to see what's the same. I want to see any changes that have been made. For offense, who's calling plays? I, I'm, I'm hoping that whether it's fans coming to see live practices because we're allowed to, if it's you know beat writers watching practices, Who's calling plays? How's that dynamic working out? The number one thing I'm looking for, are we motioning before snap? Right, Devontae Parker has talked about this. I've heard from people that have inside sources that the Dolphins are going to have a lot more motion during the pre-snap. Before the play, they're going to have a lot more motion, which they should. Last year's offense, again, I talked about it. We were bottom 10 in the NFL in pre-snap motion. We pre-snap motion like 6% of the time, not even. That's horrible, right? Especially now that you have someone like Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle needs to be moving pre-snap. If you run 10 plays, at least seven of the 10 times, he should be doing something before the line, before the snap. Because if he's not, you're wasting all of the speed and uh, all of the dynamic and dangerous play that he is capable of, you're eliminating it. You need to get that guy moving like they do with Tyreek Hill. Jet sweeps, fake jet sweeps, um, fake screens. Like I want to see everything out of Jalen Waddle and how they use him. So that's the number one thing with the offense I'm looking forward to. 
I want to see like what type of offense is this? Is this going to be one of those like last year where, you know, concept wise, it's very vanilla. You know, there's a lot of just get up to the line of scrimmage, hike the ball. Not a lot of hurry up offense. Like, no, I hope they learn from what Tua succeeded with last year, which was hurry up, empty set, pre-snap motion, all that good stuff. I hope we see a lot more of that from the offense. Now, as far as the defense, one, I mean, is, is, is Xavier Howard there? Right, because if he's not there, who's taking his reps? Is it Noah Igbenogany? Reason, when he was on the podcast the other day, said he would rather have Nick Needham taking reps, which I could understand if, if Noah's not where you think he is. Nick Needham did an above-average job when he played in 2019. So I'm just curious, like, if Xavier Howard isn't there, who's taking his reps? Also... This is just like something I thought of when I was when I was coming up with material for today. Like in all honesty, say Noah or Nick Needham is starting, uh, and Xavier Howard isn't there. Who's lining up against two? Right? Because Byron Jones is like I, I I would assume he would get now number one reps, okay? And if not, why are you paying him that much money? But who's the number one wide receiver on the team? Probably Will Fuller. So that means Noah Igbenogany is going to have to go against Devontae Parker. Or if Noah Igbenogany is moving inside, like we've heard he might be, is he going against Jalen Waddell? Is that what's happening now? So I'm just really curious to see like who lines up against who when it comes to cornerbacks versus wide receivers. Um, I want to see, are they doing a lot more four-man rushes? Because that's something that's been rumored. We've been hearing a lot that they, that at least Reason has talked about that, that the defense is going to be a lot more four-man rush, which I talked about. That's why we needed a pass rusher, right? If you go back and listen, I said, we need a pass rusher that cannot, um, that can, that can take on those reps for himself. So that Brian Flores, when everyone was like, man, Brian Flores is drawing up all these exotic blitzes, all these crazy schemes it's like he has to in order to create a pass rush he has to hopefully that no longer is a has to and it's a wants to right hopefully we go in games and we use that when we want to not because we have to create a pass rush and the only way to do it is to have our cornerbacks on an island and and blitz everyone else so i'm excited to see like what are they able to do now with coverages if they're not rushing seven guys if they're just rushing four also Javon Holland is he your starting free safety curious Jalen Phillips I've heard his transition to outside linebacker has been smooth as butter so I I, want to see what this guy's like because again take out the concussion top 10 pick easily top 10 pick so the the uh skill that he brings to the position is there. Now it's just, let's hope that there's no injury concern. Because if there isn't, again, you got your pass rusher. I'm that confident in his ability to transition to the NFL. You got your guy. Um, so those are some things I'm looking forward to with the offense and defense. Uh, two last things, right? Real quick, wrapping it up. Wide receivers. The wide receiver room, to me, is... The, I, I'm not going to say number one position group I'm looking forward to, 
but it is up there. It's probably number two behind the last thing I want to talk about. The wide receiver room, and I will say this because I'm pretty sure it's true. This is the deepest wide receiver room I've witnessed as a Dolphin fan since I've been alive. Now, I'm 23 years old. I started watching Dolphins football when I was like seven, okay? I don't think in the last 16 years the Dolphins have had a wide receiver room this deep, okay? I'm not saying like this talented. I'm just saying like how deep it is because legitimately, let's walk through it. You have three starters, Parker, Waddle, Fuller, okay? Albert Wilson is a starter in the NFL. Lynn Bowden started last year in the NFL and like, dude, his upside is crazy. So he could be a starter in the NFL and Preston Williams has been a starter in the NFL. So you have six legitimate starters on your NFL roster in uh, on your wide receiving core, six NFL starters. Then on top of that, we haven't even talked about Isaiah Ford who they keep signing and cutting and trading and signing. Like, he's back on the team. Alan Hearns, he's still here. Malcolm Perry, still here. Mac Collins, still here. So, like, the Dolphins have 10 wide receivers. And out of those 10, I would guarantee that the the people who are guaranteed to make the roster, in my opinion, Parker, Fuller, Waddle. Wilson, Bowden, and like that's it. That those are probably my five guarantees to make the roster. So out of those other five receivers that I talked about, they are all fighting for spots. Oh, I didn't even talk about Jakeem Grant. He's still in the roster. There's 11 guys, and six of them are fighting for two spots. If I could guess, right, if I was building a team, this is how I would build my team. I would probably keep, it, it, again, I talked about the five I would keep. Albert Wilson, Jalen Waddell, Lynn Bowden, Parker, and Fuller. The other two that I would keep would be Robert Foster and Matt Collins. The reason why I would keep those guys is because Matt Collins is the best special teams player we have, not named, uh, not named uh, Jason Sanders. Like, he is very underrated in his ability to as a gunner on the special teams unit. So I would keep Matt Collins. I saw enough from him last year where like he, he was pretty good as a backup wide receiver, honestly. He was the most reliable backup we had. And you get special team out of him. And then Robert Foster, again, a guy that can play special teams, can fill that speedy Jakeem Grant role. Um, again, special teams help, fast can play on the outside. That's a, the, the, That would be my seven. You know, Preston Williams, as much as I like him, again, I would rather have Mac Hollins and his reliability over Preston Williams as a backup. I know his upside is higher, but the reality is Preston Williams has missed 16 games so far in two seasons. That's horrible. <laughs> like, there's no way around that. That's just atrocious. So if it were me building a roster... My seven wide receivers, and I'm curious to see how this pans out, like who stands out, who doesn't. If I were building a roster, my starters would be Parker, Fuller, and Waddle. Parker's backup would be Hollins. Fuller's backup would be Wilson. And Waddle's backup would be Will Fuller. 
and then you would have um, Robert Foster in there that could take over probably the Will Fuller role if you need to, but also work on special teams. That's, to me, the best way to have success because you're no longer relying on the Jakeem Grants as wide receivers. Worst case scenario, if there's an injury, Mac Collins, I saw enough where I'm like, okay, he's a good enough backup. Albert Wilson, I trust him as a backup. Lynn Bowden, I trust him as a backup. Mac, uh, and then Robert Foster, if we need to rely on you, we can, but let's just keep you on special teams and have you in certain packages. So I'm really curious to see how that pans out for the wide receiver room for sure. But the number one position group that I'm looking forward to watching is the offensive line. Okay. Now, assuming that there's no trade with Xavier Howard, like right now there's been no trade with Xavier Howard. I talked about this when I when I reacted to hypothetical trades. If it were me and I was a Miami Dolphin executive, GM coach, if I'm Flo or Greer, if I'm trading Xavier Howard, I don't want, you know, like ideally, yeah, I, I would probably ask for a running back or an offensive lineman, but I don't want like a linebacker or defensive lineman. Like I feel confident enough in my defense to where unless I'm getting like a star cornerback, like the addition to the defense, the impact that it will have on my team is far less than the impact that an offensive lineman or a running back would have to this team right now. So if I were the Dolphins, I would 100% be on the phone with the Saints. You can have X for either Ruiz or McCoy and a second. Pick one of them, send them over to us, and a second round pick. You have that, it's a done deal. Uh, If the Dolphins do that, I feel a lot better about our offensive line. But right now, what I'm looking for at offensive line, what is Hunt like at guard? Okay, Uh, many people who scouted him out of college, I thought he was going to be a right guard. It made sense for him to be a right guard. Reason wanted him to be like most people who scouted him outside of college were like, he should be a guard. They put him at tackle because they had Eric flowers and they wanted to play Solomon Kinley as well. I'd be curious to see what he's like a guard. I think he has pro bowl potential at guard. I'm curious to see who starts at left guard. Is it Jesse Davis or Solomon Kinley? Uh, Matt Skura, does he have snap issues? What does he look like? If he can return to 2019 form, then or, or 2018 form, then we're good. Like Matt Skura, if he can just get rid of the snap issues, he's an upgrade over Ted Karras. And then also, I want to see Austin Jackson. Like Austin Jackson is probably the worst offensive lineman on the line. Um... And he's going to have to go up against Jalen Phillips, who I think, again, top 10 talent in the draft. So, like, very curious to see how this offensive line is going to pan out. I'll feel a lot more confident, again, if the Dolphins, like, here's the thing. If the Dolphins trade Xavier Howard and get a lineman like Eric McCoy or Cesar Ruiz in return, look, I'll be upset. Yeah, we lost Xavier Howard. I'll be stoked. Because if you add one of those guys to your offensive line, that then boosts and makes everyone better, right? I'll feel a lot more confident if my center is Eric McCoy or Cesar Ruiz. I'll feel a lot more confident in this offensive line, especially Eric McCoy, right? Cesar Ruiz didn't give up one sack last year. 
Right. And, and he's a guy that the Dolphins wanted before he was taken by the Saints. Okay. He'd be on the, t- on the team right now if he wasn't taken by the Saints. So offensive line, again, definitely curious to see how they develop, who plays where. Um, that's going to be a very interesting development for me, at least, uh, between now and the start of the season. So that's all I have for you guys today. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. My goal is I want to do another podcast on Wednesday with my girlfriend. I'm probably going to have her on and do like a fun trivia, uh, trivia, like podcast episode with her, just like asking her questions. Uh, she, she's been trying to like become more and more of a fan uh, and so like, I, I want to get her on the podcast just as like a fun episode to talk with her about the Miami Dolphins. We'll see. Uh, it's something I've wanted to do for a long time. So hopefully we can get that done. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the podcast. Stay safe. See you next time here on the Finn Sports Football Podcast. Fins up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.